Hello, gorgeous, and welcome to Gala Loves Everything, my brand new podcast that I'm very excited about. And I'm Gala Darling. I am a best-selling author. I am a tapping and manifestation queen. And really what I love to do is teach women specifically about mindset and how they can use their brains to get them into a new place in their life rather than feeling stuck, feeling small, feeling afraid, and not being willing to take those risks that we need to take in order to get to the next level. Now, this episode is called Radical Self-Love, A Guide for Beginners, and I just think this is a really important topic to talk about. So I have been investigating and writing about radical self-love for almost a decade, It's the title of my first book, which I self-published, became an Amazon bestseller and was subsequently purchased and then put out by Hay House, which was kind of like my ultimate goal. It was really an exciting moment for me. And I consider myself to be an expert on radical self-love because I have experienced the polar opposite of that, something I like to call a radical self-loathing. And I really struggled for about a decade with an eating disorder and severe depression. I really did struggle with a lot of mental illness issues. And when I was 22 years old, my boyfriend at the time introduced me to a technique called tapping, which I really used to completely rewire my brain and change my life. And the reason why I am so passionate about teaching radical self-love and talking about this topic and teaching tapping is because I know what a huge difference it makes in your life when you completely change your mindset about all of these things. So since I started talking about radical self-love, which was in about 2011, Self-love has become a major revolution. You know, we talk so much now, even in the mainstream, about body acceptance, um, about loving yourself no matter what you look like, about health at any size, about even, you know, excessive um, image alteration and that kind of thing. We really, this is a very mainstream topic now. It's pretty normal to, to have discussions like that. And I'm super grateful for that. I think it was extremely long overdue. And I would like to think that women suffer less with their bodies now than they did before, but I'm not convinced that that's the case. I'd like to think that the conversations have changed things a little bit, but it's hard to tell because, you know, it's one thing to know something intellectually. And it's another to feel it emotionally and really deeply know it and know it in a way that helps you make different choices. So that's one of the reasons why I love tapping. We can take something from just being an intellectual concept to being something that we really have internalized and that we really practice. So in tapping, which is essentially acupuncture without needles. It's incredible. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please look at my um, introduction to EFT tapping video on YouTube. I made it specifically for this. I talk about what tapping is, how it works, how I've used it, and I also take you through a session, which is really awesome. But in tapping, we actively practice loving, accepting, and forgiving ourselves. It's really a huge piece of the verbal sequence that we're using. We say, even though... And then we talk about whatever the issue is. So maybe it's, even though I don't like how I look in the mirror, I deeply and completely love and accept and forgive myself. And this is so powerful because we are actively choosing to love, accept, and forgive ourselves. And how often do we really accept ourselves as we are? And how often do we really forgive ourselves for 
the things that we perceive are wrong about us, the things that we think are not perfect. It's very rare that we actually embark on a practice of loving, accepting, and forgiving ourselves. And that's one of the reasons why tapping is so effective, although there are many reasons why it works so well. But I want to talk today about the difference between um, acceptance and growth and the balance point in between the two. Because to me, it's called radical self-love because there's an action component, right? It's not just self-love. Self-love is this idea that we should like take bubble baths and tell ourselves nice things. But that's not fucking radical. It's nice and it's kind and it's important, but it's not radical. Radical is about doing something extraordinary, something that shakes up your entire system by which you are forever changed. And the people around you are forever changed by observing you and learning from you and seeing you model things that they didn't even know were possible. So when I say there's an action component, what I really mean is, what is it that you're going to do to change your life? That is so important because if you want to see something different in your life, you need to do something different. They always say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So if your self-talk is negative, if your self-talk sucks and you keep doing that, why would you expect anything to change? It won't. We need to do something different in order to get something different. So the reason that your life isn't the way you want it to be isn't because you suck and you're a bad person and you're stupid and you're an idiot and you fail at everything or whatever story it is you tell yourself. The reason your life isn't how you want it to be is because your beliefs are shit and you need to clean them up. That's actually all there is to it. I know that might sound overly simplistic, but as anyone who has changed a belief knows, It's actually pretty formidable work. It's big work and it can be done, but it's not necessarily simple. It's not necessarily a simple process. And tapping really does help you to rewire your brain and discard old beliefs and replace them with positive new ones. But it's it's interesting when you change a belief, you do need to look at it from all these different angles and ask yourself, where did this come from? You know, what's the evidence to the contrary? Like you really have to go there and it's brave and it's bold and it is not for the meek. It just isn't because looking at yourself unflinchingly and really asking yourself, Hey, why isn't this working? What am I doing? That's not working for me. Where can I take responsibility Most people don't have the courage to do that. So I really applaud anyone who does this self-work because it is not easy. It is not easy. So like I said, if if your life doesn't look the way you want it to look, it's because your beliefs are shit. And when you clean them up, you set up this whole new chain reaction. So the way that I see it is better beliefs equals better thoughts equal better actions equal better results. I'm going to say that one more time. Better beliefs equals better thoughts equals better actions equals better results. If you don't have better beliefs, you will be constantly fighting with your own mind. No matter what it is that you want, your mind will come up with a reason why you can't have it. You don't deserve to have it. You're not worthy. You don't know how. And you'll be constantly fighting with yourself. And there is nothing more exhausting than that. It's the hardest battle. 
that old saying of being your own worst enemy, this is exactly what I'm talking about when this happens, where you want something, but your beliefs suck ass. And so you just can't fucking get there. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have experienced this. This is not up for debate. You already know that if you want something, but you don't feel worthy of it, you just spin your wheels endlessly. And there is nothing more frustrating or exhausting. What I really want, and this is why I do the work that I do. I do the work that I do because I love it and I think it's important and I would do it for free. And I think that's really the secret to finding what you should be doing with your time is you should love it so much that you should want to do it for free. Not that you should do it for free, important note, but that you should want to do it for free. It should bring you that much satisfaction. But the reason that I do this is because it's so important to me and it's so exciting to me to see people change their mindset and then get these new results in their lives, to have them realize that they really are so powerful. We're told this story. We're sold this fucking myth that we're not powerful, that we are just helpless, hopeless. We're cogs in the system. There's nothing we can do to change anything. And I think it's so important that we claim that power back. And I want you to power up and become someone that you are proud of. And not just the version of you today, but the version of yourself that your five-year-old self would be super excited about. I want your inner five-year-old to think you are so fucking awesome. And in order to do that, we have to put in some effort. Now, effort's a funny word, right? I think a lot of us have a lot of resistance around the word effort. Effort doesn't sound fun. Effort sounds hard. Effort sounds tiring, but it doesn't have to be. And like I was saying about these mindsets, these beliefs, we get to choose what things mean to us. We get to choose a new story. So this idea of effort, making an effort for yourself, effort is not the enemy. And even your problems are not the enemy. You might think that they are, but your problems are the the doorway to you becoming the babe of your dreams. Your problems are an opportunity for you to grow and to evolve and to become this fantastic person. Because I really believe that it's when we're faced with struggle and hardship and difficulty that we're given the choice. We're given the choice to just lay down and give up Or to be like, you know what? I fucking deserve the life that I want and I will not stop at anything to make it happen. And that is so beautiful. There's nothing more beautiful than that in my mind. So I really believe that this idea of growth and personal evolution is the reason why we are here. Otherwise, I think we would have the life expectancy of a fly. There's no point if growth and evolution are not the goal. We're given this huge lifespan that we can do whatever we want with. And I think the people who get to the end of their lives and are the most satisfied, the most fulfilled are the people who really took risks and really pushed themselves and really made themselves into something that they found exceptional and sensational. And we don't want to get complacent I think one of the things that I find difficult about this, the self-love movement is there's an element of complacency and laziness in it. And I just don't think that helps us get to where we want to be because I'm really big on using our bodies, right? And the mind and the body work in tandem. They work together. There's no point in working on your mindset, but being horizontal 90% of the time. 
Because when we use our bodies effectively, we tap into our greatest potential. So when you exercise regularly, for example, your brain works so much better and you feel happier and you're able to come up with solutions much more effectively. And that's really what life is about. It's about having a problem, acknowledging it, solving it and moving on. And what we want to keep doing is moving into these higher level problems. You don't want to keep living the same fucking problem over and over again. Oh, I can't pay my rent this month. Oh, shit, I can't pay my rent again. Oh, this guy ghosted me when I slept with him. Oh, this other guy fucking ghosted me. Like, can we stop having the same problems over and over again? They are a choice. If you keep having the same problem over and over again, you have to take responsibility for that. You have to take ownership for that. You have to ask yourself, okay, what am I doing here? And why is it not working? What could I do differently? What's the opposite of what I've been doing? What kind of results would that give me? We really need to take accountability for what we're doing. And when it comes to to exercise and movement and using our body, the science and the research on this just, it cannot be argued. I used to think when I didn't use my body much and I really just lived in my head all the time, constantly overanalyzing things, being a perfectionist, living in depression, all of those things, I used to think that my body kind of just existed to carry my brain around. Like I was like, fuck the body, it doesn't really matter, you know, let me just starve it because it's awful and, you know, I'll just focus on my brain. It really doesn't work like that. I think that your body is a magic wand and you can use it to create immense transformation in your life. And that's what I, what I want to talk to you about today. So the main practice that I teach is that feeling good is your job. This is what I teach and have been teaching for years. And I learned it from Abraham Hicks and I really stand behind it. I believe that when you make feeling good, your priority. So you get up in the morning and you do whatever it takes to get yourself into alignment, to get yourself into that high vibe place. When you're in that high vibe place, The world cannot bring you down. Other people's opinions don't bother you because you're aligned with yourself and you're not looking to everything and everyone else to bolster your mood because it's not their fucking job to do that. That's your job. So I teach that feeling good is your job and I've been running with this for, I don't know how long I've been using it as a philosophy in my life, maybe three or four years by now. But sometimes the idea of feeling good can be a confusing one, right? So Sometimes you might be lying on the couch and you might be thinking like, oh yeah, but this feels good. Like I just want to stay on the couch. I want to watch Kardashians. I'm going to order myself a chocolate brownie with all the fixings and have it postmates to myself. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's going to feel good. Sometimes, yeah, that does feel good. And sometimes when we think like "Mm, working out, mm, I don't know, this seems like a lot of effort. Like, I don't know if that really feels good to me. Maybe I won't do it. That can confuse us, right? Because We ultimately know that exercise is good for us, but we're like, well, feeling good is my job, like, but I don't really, I don't, it doesn't feel like it's going to feel good to work out right now. So fuck it. I'll stay on the couch. The thing with working out is it's something that doesn't necessarily feel good in the moment and maybe getting out the door is hard, but the future of that action feels good. And so it's worth doing. And I want us to really apply some critical thinking to this idea of feeling good and not just take it at like surface level, like, oh yeah, it feels good to like blow $2,000 on some bullshit I don't need. Actually, I want you to think about the consequences of your actions because there is a consequence for everything. And then ask yourself, is this consequence going to get me to the future that I really want? Is it going to help me create the life I've been dreaming of? Is it going to help me grow the skills and the mental strength and resilience that I need 
to become that person I really want to be. We have to push through resistance to experience growth and in turn, true bliss. We really do. And I just so deeply believe, and this like gets clearer and clearer to me the older I get, that you will not reach your true potential by being lazy. People don't love to hear that because laziness feels amazing. It feels so good, but does it get you where you want to go? So I read this um, quote in a book called Pleasure Activism, which you should absolutely read. And the woman who wrote it said, pleasure generated through our own power should reach as far into the future as possible. So this is where I'm saying, I want you to think about the consequences of your actions. So for example, with me, I love sugar. I fucking love sugar. It is like sugar and shopping are my two vices. Oh my goodness. And literally if I do not like go cold turkey on sugar, I will eat it every day. And when I say sugar, I don't just mean like two sugars in my coffee. I mean like I'll have an ice cream and a chocolate bar and a fucking bag of M&Ms or whatever. Like I just go hog wild for the shit, right? So I have to really pay attention to, yeah, the idea of eating sugar feels good, quote unquote, in this moment, but what are the consequences of me doing this? So it's temporarily pleasurable, but what am I going to feel like afterwards? If I eat ice cream, for example, am I going to be bloated? Am I going to feel a sugar crash? Am I going to be exhausted? And is it going to take me further away from my ultimate goals? And my ultimate goal is to feel really good in my body. And I simply do not feel good in my body when I'm bloated and exhausted and my sugar levels are going up and down like a friggin' roller coaster. However, on the flip side, if I eat something that is good for me, which may not be as pleasurable in the moment, right? Eating like celery and hummus it's delicious, but it's not like eating ice cream, right? There's a reason why there's not a celery and hummus store on every corner of every major city, right? It feels good, but it doesn't feel amazing like ice cream does. But if I eat something that's good for me, I'm going to feel proud and energized. And this is a physical, literal act of demonstrating love for myself. Sometimes the act of denial is self-love. And this could be denial of sugar it could be denial of your ex calling you and being like, oh, I'm not going back there. It could be denial of blowing your savings on something you want, but no, you don't really need. And maybe you really want to buy a house instead. And sometimes pain is self-love. Like going to the gym and working really hard can be so painful. And when I have trouble taking my hoodie off the day after I burned my arms out in a workout, that is self-love. Now, I know that this is potentially controversial and maybe quite triggering, and I really want to add here that if you have a past or current eating disorder, these are obviously extremely delicate waters to tread, and you need to do what is responsible for yourself. Get yourself into some treatment, do some tapping, see a therapist, get into a support group, whatever you got to do. It's really, really important that you do that because if you're in an eating disordered place, you're hijacking your joy and you're doing it to yourself, and you get to choose to do something different. You get to choose to love yourself. You get to choose to support yourself and be your own cheerleader. And if you're in the depths of an eating disorder, you need to be extremely gentle with yourself. And for you, pushing yourself through a workout is just not going to be the right call. So I want you to listen to this with a 
critical ear and just recognize that obviously what I'm saying cannot apply to every single person who's listening because that is truly impossible. And you also know as a very intelligent person, which you are, when you're doing something out of love for yourself or hatred for yourself. But for me, who has been, you know, recovered from an eating disorder for 15 years now, I can afford to go hard and to push myself because I know that I am doing it out of love. So your mileage may vary, but I just wanted to add that in. I think it's a really important point. So when we're talking about radical self-love, obviously I wrote a book about it. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it in bookstores if they are still open. Who knows? (laughs) It's called Radical Self-Love. The cover is extremely pink. I wrote it when I was about 20 four years old and I would write a completely different book today, but I'm really proud of what I wrote and I have a lot of therapists and psychologists recommend it to their students, students, their clients. Um, and I'm super proud of it. And I think it's a great book to get yourself started on this love journey. But people always ask me where to get started with radical self-love. And other than the book, what I would say is that first of all, Everything good in your life is going to be the result of consistency. So these things that I'm going to recommend to you and suggest to you are things that you have to do every day. So it's like you don't expect to wash your hair once and have it clean for the rest of your life. You have to do it every week, at least. So the same goes for these tips. But these are the things that I really recommend when it comes to moving into a place of loving yourself, respecting yourself, and really fucking changing your life. So the first thing is mindset. Like I said, mindset is absolutely everything. And I love tapping because it's free, it's quick, and it's unbelievably effective, more effective than anything I've ever tried. And my favorite thing about tapping is that you can do it to yourself. You don't need a practitioner. Um, You know, there's lots of great techniques. There's EMDR and there's hypnosis and there's all these other things, but usually you need someone else to guide you through it. And so you're kind of at the, you know, their convenience, And it's expensive. So I love tapping because it's free. Oh my God. It's such a gift from the universe. So tapping and tapping every day, tapping on every piece of resistance that comes up, every limiting story, every piece of bullshit, tap it out, use it on everything. People message me all the time. Can you use tapping for this, for that, for X, for Y, for Z? Fuck, just try it. See what happens. There's nothing that I've come up against that hasn't worked for. So you might as well give it a shot. The second thing is gratitude. Practicing gratitude actively is so important because it puts you in a state of appreciation. And when you're appreciating your life, you just see things completely differently. The third thing I recommend is a magical morning practice, which I've written about extensively on my blog. I have made videos about it. Google that shit, Gala Darling Magical Morning Practice. It's very powerful manifestation tool and an amazing way to get yourself in the zone, get yourself in that feeling good place every day. Moving your body. This is such a huge piece of it, really. It really is. And you may have limited mobility. You may not be able to go out and run in a triathlon. You may not want to go and do a triathlon. I certainly don't. But I really want you to start using your body. I was talking to a friend of mine about a month ago and she was really in a funk and she was really struggling. And she was like, what do I do? And I was like, keep it simple. She was like, I said to her, my prescription to you is I want you to tap with one of my videos every morning. Doesn't matter what it is, just pick one and do it. And I want you to move your body every day. And it's up to you what you do. 
and she's been doing that every day for, I think, maybe about 20 days now, and she feels amazing. And it really can be that simple. Work on your mind, work on your body, and and put it into your day in a way that makes it simple. I was at a man's house the other day, and he pulled a pill container out of the kitchen, and he was like taking his pills late at night, and I was like, is this the time you're supposed to take them? And he was like, oh, I just take them when I remember. And I was like, why don't you put your pill bottle next to your French press so that every morning when you go to make coffee, you remember to take your pills. And the same deal with my friend with the tapping. She was like, oh, well, at this time, I always give a pill to my pet. And I was like, okay, so you do it at the exact same time that you give your pill to your pet. Easy. Like take a new behavior that you want to start practicing in your life and marry it with something that's already a part of your routine. So fucking simple. People really miss this stuff. It's so, so easy. So like, you know, connect these things together. So moving your body can be anything. It can be going for a walk every day. It could be doing Pilates in your living room, or it could be training for something epic if that's what gets you going. Maybe if you're a really competitive person, yeah, it helps you to be training for something massive. That might be more your speed. The next tip, tip number five, yeah, tip number five, is to look for role models in your life. And these may not even be people that you ever meet in person. And it doesn't matter. They just need to be people that you look up to. People that show you that what you desire is possible. And your role model could be Lady Gaga. It could be Kamala Harris. It could be Jim Carrey. It doesn't matter. You may never meet them, but you need to look for people who have done what you want to do. And I also want you to remember, and this is very important, that no one is perfect. So this person that you love and admire will absolutely have done things in the past that make you go, hmm, shit, I don't know about that. But let's be honest with ourselves. We have all done things that are not perfect, that are quote unquote problematic, every single one of us. So let's not judge people for the things that we don't like. And let's use what we love about them as inspiration, as a beacon, as proof that we can do it too. Tip number six is to distance yourself from negative people. This is so essential. And I don't give a fuck who it is. It could be your husband. It could be your mother. It could be your boss. If these people are not adding to your life, you got to do something about that. Nobody gets the right to access the VIP room of your life. Nobody. I don't give a fuck who it is. And that brings me to my next point. Stop making excuses. It's the biggest reason why people stay stuck where they are. They make excuses. I don't know how to do it. I'm not allowed to. I'm not sure if I can. I have this reason. I can't afford it. This, that, and the other. Excuses are boring and you're better than that. And if you're in a right state of mind, by which I mean you are making feeling good your priority, none of those things count. You can find a way through and past and over any excuse that you think of. There's a million people who've done it and stop looking at the reasons why you can't. Stop arguing for your limitations. It will never get you to where you want to be. And then the last tip is to contemplate where you want to be and then start moving towards it. I know that sounds really obvious, but so few of us have concrete goals that we really, really desire and that we are intent on moving towards. We have to do that if we want to become that best version of ourselves. So that's my, my mini spiel 
on radical self-love in 2020, which has changed significantly since I first wrote the book. And I really am so much more focused on using the body these days and feeling good as your job. Those are the two major pieces that I think are so important. And the way that I feel about myself and the way that I live my life are both things I'm really super fucking proud of. And I know that that's possible for you too. I say this all the time. I am not superhuman. I've learned a few tricks and I use them consistently and I hold myself to a high standard. I make myself accountable for my life. I take ownership and I change what's not working. And it's really a recipe for feeling satisfied and really enjoying your life and making it fun. That's what it's all about for me. So I hope this this episode was useful for you and helpful for you and inspires you to get off your ass and do something exceptional because you can. There is no fucking reason why you can't. The number of people I know who have completely transformed their lives during this COVID time is unreal and I'm so happy for them and so proud of them. There's nothing better than looking at your life and being like, this is bullshit and making a change and seeing it all come together. There's nothing more satisfying than that. And that's what I wish for you. And I know it's possible for you. So I hope this was helpful. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast in Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to leave me a review, preferably with five stars, I would really love that. That would make me super happy. All right. I love you so much. I'll see you soon in the next episode. Mwah.